This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, April 20th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. Yep, we're still doing the show. I'm Spencer Linton alongside the second most competitive person I know, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, being competitive uh, is something that defined Michael Jordan. We watched The Last Dance last night, and uh, in episode two, it talks about how Jordan went off for 63. On this very day, by the way, in 1986, against Celtics in uh, game two of the uh, uh, the first round of the playoffs, Danny Ainge says in it that he went golfing with Michael Jordan between games one and two. So game one was Thursday. Jordan put up 49. The Celtics won Friday. Saturday, Ainge plays golf with Jordan. Says he took a few bucks off MJ. Nice. And then the next day, Michael Jordan, who had played three games in the regular season until late, and he was kept to seven minutes per half, which is just the dumbest thing ever. Scores 63 points in the playoff game. It's unbelievable. In the garden. Yeah. That is unreal. Uh, so the point of the story is don't take money off of Michael Jordan when you play golf with him. Yeah, at that point, Michael probably had made more than Danny had already because Michael had the Nike deal and had sold like a gajillion <laughs> shoes already in you know, the first couple of years. But that's, that's pretty funny. And the last dance was really good. It was, it was so fun. And we're from the MJ is, is goat, MJ is boat, best of all time. No one says boat. They probably should. Um, era, right? So it's fun to see that. And, and the LeBron versus MJ conversation is funny. I was trying to quantify how big of a fan of Michael Jordan I was last night. And then I remembered that I named my kid Tate Michael Jordan. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm a pretty big fan. That should solidify. It's also <laughs> nice to see you repping the uh, of course. Jumpman brand today. Of course. Everybody is. This yeah. is <laughs> – it's a – it is like a part of Americana now, this 10-part series. Uh, if you're a sports fan, you're watching and, and you're loving and it. And even if life was regular and normal, it would still be a big oh. deal. But now it's a big uh, freaking deal because yes. there's no games. So it was uh, destination viewing, which shows like that, you can catch on demand whenever, right? But I felt like, no, I need to watch this in the moment. And, and it was fun to schedule something. There are two things that are destination viewing for BYU fans, Jerem. Of course, the last dance and what people are watching right now. BYU Sports Nation. Okay, maybe that maybe that's a stretch, but whatever. Uh, here is today's show lineup, and we're bringing it. Mark Pope on his latest basketball signees for BYU and how they will impact his team next year. Plus, we debut a neck a new segment, the best to wear it, chronicling the best BYU players to ever wear each number at the Y. And former BYU basketball player Kevin Nixon speaking of Michael Jordan, on his experience playing against his airness. Oh, yes, it happened. And before we get to today's headlines, this just in. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. BYU's Twitter poll dominance remains intact as the Cougars advance in the Fox College Hoops best fans bracket, taking down the Tennessee Volunteers in the Elite Eight. 53.2% of the vote BYU and the Twitter mob on to another Final Four. Now, will there be a voter fraud controversy is the real question because that happened. We'll address that in a sec. Um, I don't know who BYU competes with next, but they're in the Final Four of the best fans bracket. 
I don't know who they compete against. We'll find out. So North Carolina, Michael Jordan ties all over the place, yeah. uh, I think will probably be in it. We'll have to look in, again look at the numbers. But can BYU win another national championship Yeah, in a Twitter poll? Because they won one over the weekend. <laughs> yes, they did. And that leads us to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Cosmo brings home the natty as he won the voting over Western Kentucky's Big Red by 2.1% Friday to claim the 2020 Sirius XM Mascot Bracket National Championship. Although it wasn't met without controversy when the poll ended, Sirius XM tweeted it was looking into voter fraud. What? Huh? It's a Twitter poll. Later in the day, Cosmos crowned the champion. It should be noted both mascots weren't in the initial bracket. BYU basketball signed six foot six inch forward Gideon George, a transfer from New Mexico Junior College. George hails from Minna, Nigeria. At New Mexico JC, George averaged 14 and a half points a game, eight rebounds, and a steal and a half per game. He shot over 50% from the field, including 36% from the three-point line. Mark Pope will explain what kind of an impact he expects from this guy in about 15 minutes. I was hoping you'd point at yourself when you said that. This guy. This guy. Gabby Garcia Fernandez is a finalist for at least two of Off the Block's Men's Volleyball National Awards. He's one of three finalists for the National Server of the Year and the Brian Ivey Award for Best Opposite. The winners will be announced this week. Uh, The AVCA will also announce uh, some All-Americans and uh, national winners as well this week. So looking forward to... Hopefully, BYU taking home a bunch of awards. Just making the player of the year already. Just do it! He should be. Some BYU women's basketball news. Star guard Shaylee Gonzalez back to basketball after a nine-month hiatus in lieu of surgery to repair a torn ACL. Gonzalez averaged 17 points a game as a freshman. She recorded a team-best 4.1 assists per contest that same season and earned West Coast Conference Newcomer of the Year honors. Not a surprise. The social media superstar redshirted last season. Here's the best news. She's got three years of eligibility left. Yeah, that's awesome. She's a fantastic player. Um, She's even better on social media, which is saying a lot. She has like a gajillion followers. BYU will play Indiana, by the way, in the uh, best fans bracket. In the final four. Bring on the Hoosiers. Go. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Gideon, a man of victory. The history in the Bible recounts it. And BYU basketball now banking on their Gideon to help the Cougars maintain the status of team of victory. 6'6", junior college transfer guard, Jerem, versatile scorer, long, uber-athletic, good shooter. So, Jerem, where does Gideon George fit into next year's BYU basketball roster? Are you saying Gideon means man of victory? Is that uh, what he's that? the man in the Bible that was known for being a, for winning. a glorious he was victor a winner. Of, over the Midianites? Oh, nice. Yeah, that was a, that was a four over a 13. Uh, six, six, two years in junior college, has two to play. Uh, has three to play two, I guess, right? Um, a guy that uh, averaged 14 points, eight rebounds per game, three of which were on the offensive glass. That's nice. Shot 51% of the f- from the field, 36% from three. I like all those numbers. Incredible athleticism. A tremendous story from Nigeria. Came over and played junior college. Now he's going to get a chance here. We're going to talk to Mark Pope, as you mentioned, coming up. This is a nice get. This is the guy we, I was referring to on Thursday of BYU's expected to sign a JC guy. And uh, here he goes. He's, he's climbing the stairs. He's got the ladder, right? Uh, placed a three or the four. Uh, I'm told he can switch one through four, a Dalton Nixon type. 
on ball screens. Uh, good at reading handoffs uh, and making good decisions. Got a little mid-range game. So I like him. I, I think this is a position that BYU needed. You and I still feel like BYU still needs a big and a guard. I would prefer another scoring guard. I think BYU has some scoring uh, bigs uh, in Colby Lee and, and Richard Harward. So uh, certainly fills the spot. And you can't have enough guys like Gideon George. You, you could literally field in 2020 five dudes like Gideon George and compete at a really high level. A guy who can handle it, who can post up, who can switch. Um, obviously, you want some variation in the lineup. But if BYU fielded five Gideon Georges, I think they could take be top four in the WCC. Ooh. Like, that, like that type of player... Is is always needed, and uh, got a chance to meet Gideon. Gave him a tour of the building uh, in his recruiting process here. So great guy. He and his brother, um, who his brother played at Pitt, by the way, for four years. They donated uh, a bunch of shoes uh, back home to Nigeria. So fantastic, cool story. Remember Malik Fitz? Now Gideon George isn't as big as a guy like Malik Fitz from St. Mary's. He's six eight two thirty. But watching his highlights kind of reminds me of the type of player that Fitz was for the Gales. I hope Gideon George is a guy that can be an immediate impact player. Right now, BYU needs a few guys to step up and make a difference specifically in that wing position on the guard line. Alex Barcelo and Connor Harding, we think, will be a huge help and will take the next step. But BYU needs a third difference maker on the guard line. Maybe George is that guy? Is it too much to expect him to do that right now? Or is it, hey, look, we, we don't have an option. You've got to be that guy. Yeah, he's a three or a four, so it depends how kind of big or small you want to go. But um, a a guy that looks like he can face up, everyone can face up nowadays, right? It's very rare that you don't have a player that can't face up. I I need to watch Richard Harwood play a little more, but I think he's BYU's only kind of, I'm a back-to-the-basket guy. I'm probably not shooting threes very much, if, if at all, right? What about Colby Lee? Colby Lee shoots threes. Like, he made, what? Five or six threes this year out of a uh, few attempts. He had a good percentage as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him play. Uh, BYU still has kind of two scholarships available there, one or two. Um, so we'll, we'll see who BYU gets. Uh, guys over the weekend uh, putting them, uh, BYU, in their top five, kind of coming down the wire. It, we still think BYU needs to get a uh, uh, an impact transfer that can play right away. George is coming from a JC, so he can play right away, which is great. Uh, perhaps BYU gets a guy that sits that will make an impact the next year. BYU only has one senior on this team currently, and Alex Barcella. Is Gideon George, like you brought up, more a big man, or is he going to be a wing player? Out of he's, nece- he's a three, he's out a three of necessity, yeah. will they play him on the wing because they need more help on the guard line? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe George is the guy that can make a difference. Yeah, and he'll be more on the forward line. But, yeah. Topic two. Last night in ESPN's documentary, The Last Dance, Michael Jordan says everyone needs to talk about Scottie Pippen when they mention Michael Jordan. They formed one of the most inseparable duos in sports history. (laughs) Regarding BYU, who's the most inseparable duo in BYU history? Man, there are some great ones. Steve Young, Gordon Hudson, Jimmer Fredette, Jackson Emery, Max Hall, Dennis Pitta. But for me, it's two guys that only need their first names, Jerem. Taysom and Jamal. I'll say their full names out of respect. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. <laughs> out of respect. <laughs> are my cream of the crop dynamic duel when it comes to BYU athletics. An NFL backfield we're talking about. One is the all-time leading rusher at BYU, and the other has worked his way into becoming the Swiss Army knife of the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. And barring four season-ending injuries at BYU, 
Taysom Hill would have been a Heisman finalist in 2014, right? Could have been. Or 15? Could have been. And remembered with the likes of the BYU quarterback factory greats. They even came back for a super senior season together in 2016. It was weird, but it worked out that way. And they helped BYU to the only nine-win season in the Kalani Satake era. Probably should have been like 11 wins, but that's a discussion for another day. Mm -hmm. It is Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. You mentioned them together. They were here together. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. I, I really wish those two, due to the toughness of, toughness of the schedule slash injury, they never got a 10-plus win season and never beat Utah. Those two stick in my craw a little bit. And it's not their fault. I think there were, like I said, injuries in the schedule kind of played into that. But I, duo is interesting, right? Because if there's a great trio, I don't think of it as a duo. So there were a ton of those, especially recently, right? Think about Beck and Brown and Harlan. You think about Hall and Pitta and Unga and even Kali. When you look at the 08 season, that, that team, unfortunately, had to play two teams that were unbelievable in Utah and TCU that year. Otherwise, the 08 team is one of the greats. Um, but when you talk about duo, there's one that sticks out for me. It's, it's a duo uh, that beat two ranked teams that finished in the top 20. Ooh. It's a duo that only had one loss in a season. It's a duo that finished top 10. And it's a duo that were both c- consensus All-American in the same year. Whoa. And it's Steve Young and it's Gordon Hudson. Okay. Uh, the, the, one of the great uh, quarterbacks at BYU. Uh, I think he's number three in BYU history. And then the greatest uh, non-quarterback in BYU history, question mark, Gordon Hudson. He's the only non-head coach or quarterback in the College Football Hall of Fame from BYU. I rest my case. Gordon Hudson was legit. He was so legit that in his senior year, after being hurt in the eighth game, he was still a consensus All-American. That's how good that man, number 95, Gordon Hudson was. So I, I think that there are a lot of twosomes around that you could say, yeah, 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 they were amazing. But when it's, when it's three guys, I don't set, tend to think of just two of them. I tend to think of three of them. So that hurts this conversation. If we start going to trios, now there's like this expansive, sure. awesome list. Also, a duo um, kind of points out, as it does with Michael and Scotty, is they were the two clear best players. Like Rodman is a Hall of Famer, and you could argue a, a part of a trio, but not really. He was just the rebounder defender. I say just. He was a rebounder defender. Um, when you talk about duos, uh, certainly the last couple of years, there have been some good ones. Jimmer and Jackson stick out. And then you look at like Danny Ainge, and he had a lot of good players on that team with him. A lot of good players. Roberts, Greg Kite. Like, those guys played in the NBA for a long time. So it's hard for me to just pick one. So duos means you had two clear alphas that dominated, and they go from there. Yes. To me, the duo conversation requires that they're mentioned right side by side, right? Jimmer and Jax, Taysom and, and Jamal. That there's not a clear third with them. Michael and Scotty, yeah. Jordan and Pippen, whatever. Yeah. Like, exactly. There, it is a two-man thing, and their names are almost synonymous with each other. So if your team was too good with too many good guys, you're out of this conversation. You know what I mean? If you had a third dude that was awesome. Stocked into Malone. Right. But you don't go, and Adrian Dantley. Like, you don't, you don't throw him in there. Yeah. And Greg Ostertag. Mark Brown. Yeah. Fun conversation. <laughs> question of the day. We want to know what you think. What is the BYU duo that is inseparable? Can't mention one without the other. Why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter, at Bobo underscore Sarah says, Beck to Harleen. 
Hey, there's a play that's, that's inseparable, that's right? Great, that's a great one. Definitely the first pair to come to mind. The whole season, it was a thing, but the Utah game sealed that pair in the history of BYU football. That's a great point. And to be honest, let's, let's be honest, Jordan and Pippen are totally separable. I don't think of Pippen when I think of Jordan. I just think of Jordan. You know what I mean? If I'm talking about the Bulls, because Scotty goes on to play for the Blazers, Rockets, and then he goes back to the Bulls at the very end. Made $109 million, by the way. He wasn't. He could have been way richer, but that whole financial conversation, I was like, yeah, he was under. He eventually sure. got paid. He got paid later, mainly by the Blazers. Um, yeah. Inseparable duos. Totally separable. Like, Steve Young's separable. We don't, you don't always think of Gordon Hudson, right? Taysom and Jamal. I don't always think of Jamal when I think of Taysom and vice versa. It's interesting. A lot of these are separable, let's be honest, because they were great players. <laughs> Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, the BYU Best to Wear It debuts. Plus, BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope on the impact of his new signee, Gideon George. Plus, is there another transfer somewhere down the pipeline? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you are jonesing to watch some BYU games, you can go to the BYU TV app. It's a good place to watch some old games, some recent games. It's free. Get your VOD fix on the BYU TV app today. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We spent the opening segment talking about the Last Dance documentary, Jordan and Pippen, dynamic duos. And it sets up our first guest of the day, who we introduce with this stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Mark Pope played four seconds versus the Bulls in the 1997-98 season. He was DNP in two games. He played four seconds in the first game. Four seconds? Yes, we are serious. Four (laughs) seconds against the Bulls in that memorable season. Coach, uh, with that introduction, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Skype. How are you, and how were those four seconds? All right, so I got an issue with you guys right now because you know (laughs) we played the Bulls to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. (laughs) You know I played in all six of those first six games. I'm not sure they were exactly star minutes. (laughs) I'm not sure my... Stats were anywhere near a double-double. But I told Coach Bird, after we lost in Game 7, I'm like, Coach, so we're tied up 3-3. I played in every single game, and then you benched me for all of Game 7. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> what you, you would have made the difference. Are you serious? <laughs> I have you scoring six That's points in the series. I tell right there. Yes, that, that was a good impression. I have you for six points. No, no, no. Two points. My bad. Two points and two rebounds. Yeah, but do you know how epic those two points and two rebounds were? <laughs> like it was a game, game six. He had two points, bro. Nice. It, it really was. It really was. I, I kid you not. And I can say this because I had such a beautiful view from the bench. <laughs> it was one of the great series in the history of NBA basketball, man. It was unbelievable. Let's talk about that, and we want to get into uh, Gideon George and Dallin Hall and all these guys, but the last dance certainly was really fun. Did you get a chance to see it, and uh, what were your thoughts on, on the documentary? Yeah, so we watched the first hour late last night. We had to TiVo it, but, um, I mean, it just is, come on. Uh, this Michael Jordan, 
is is maybe the greatest competitor that ever lived on the face of the planet. And um, and it, and all of us that lived through that era, I know you guys are too young, but get out of here! Of no, us, we we're alive. Come on. <laughs> for those of us that lived through that era, we saw something that we certainly had never seen before and may never see again in terms of a uh, a player uh, that that was so driven and so capable of dominating every second of a game. It was, it was pretty extraordinary. And, and so it's fun to relive it for sure. Okay. You played against the bulls and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Um, how would you explain, or I guess take a stance on the conversation of how, how these guys are different. And I'm not going to ask you to name a goat, but how, how are guys like Michael and Kobe and LeBron all different from each other? Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball let's just get put that down right now if you're just talking about if you're just talking about a competitor who refuses to lose ever ever it's not even close like there's no comparison and that's not taking anything away from Kobe Bryant or anybody else but but Mike just was he just he just refused to lose ever and um and, and when I got to watch that you know it worked uh close up and he just is, he just is, he just is, like I said, I don't know. I, and, and listen, I, I, you know, I'm not saying Michael Jordan is perfect. I'm just saying in terms of a competitor on the basketball court, there's never been another player like him. The juxtaposition of Scottie Pippen waiting to have surgery to cost his team was one thing and, and somewhat understandable. And then, the, and then there's Jordan who wanted to punish his team by playing. That juxtaposition was stark, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, there's so many legendary stories uh, about guys' interactions with Mike, uh, you know, on and off the court. And he was, you know, uh, he was probably the most demanding teammate, maybe the most demanding teammate that's been around a long time. Maybe, you know, the legendary stories about Kevin Garnett, maybe he would uh, kind of be in that circle somewhere about how demanding he was of his teammates to come perform. But, um, you know, one of the beautiful things about watching Mike from a distance as a, as a, as a younger guy growing up was you saw him struggle to kind of elevate the bulls over the course of, I don't know what it was, five, six, seven years to where they finally could win a championship. And, and, you know, it seemed from a distance that what he realized was as good as he was, he could not do it by himself. Um, as spectacular as his numbers were. And, and so, it seems like from a distance, never having been in that locker room, like he said, I can't do this by myself. So I'm going to make you guys do this with me. And um, certainly had some extraordinary teammates. I mean, it was fun last night to see Ron Harper. Nobody talks about Ron Harper, Mm -hmm. but like in in our series, you know, in our, in our series against the bulls, we went to game seven. This Ron Harper was just, he was just so long and so tough and so physical and they tricked us up to they they had Scotty, uh, you know, I think it was after the second game, maybe they or the, no, it was game five. They switched Scotty on to guard Mark Jackson and Scotty was so long. I mean, Scotty was such a great player in his own right. Uh, certainly had a great team. But uh, this Michael Jordan, man. Wow. <laughs> when you talk about Michael Jordan and uh, the impact he had on the game, <clears throat> It's hard not to wonder how that influences you and and uh, your team when you talk about the team aspect. So, how do you draw from something like this and implement it into BYU basketball? I have no idea. I mean, that <laughs> cat, 
That cat is in such rarefied air, man. I don't even understand what he was doing on the court. He was just so good. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll continue to uh, kind of grow in our toughness and our competitiveness. I mean, if that if there's a legacy in the game, I know he was, you know, he was Air Jordan and he was winning dunk contests. He was putting on a spectacular show, and and all of that, of course, you know, it could have it could have led to a, a legendary career all in of itself, but. But I'm telling you, if, if in terms of competitiveness, I don't think there's a, a guy that's ever walked on the floor that's been like that. He just he just brought it every single night with a vengeance. And and if we could steal that from him, we're going to be really good boys. BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, speaking of competitiveness, the Twitter mob at BYU has struck again and have pushed the Cougars into the final four of the Fox College Basketball Best fans bracket into the final four. What say you about the competitive nature of the BYU fan base? I'm telling you, hey, it is so awesome to watch, right? Like, what do we have? Two or three rounds of comebacks with Cosmo just to get it done in the last few minutes to get him a national championship. Are you kidding? And uh, looks like our fans are doing the same thing. And 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 honestly, I would be disappointed if it was any less. Um, I do think our fan base is unique. I think it's like nowhere else. Uh, and uh, I, think, I think they hail from all over this country and all over the world. And I think they are, are passionate about uh, BYU and, and they want to win. Like they, uh, our fans are, are so hungry to win. Um, and, and that's pretty awesome, man. It's, it's, a, it's a gift to be able to be associated with the university and coach here and, and play here in large part because our fans are just so in it. It, it makes it incredible. Let's talk about a couple of signees you've uh, inked the last few days, starting with uh, Gideon George, uh, the six foot six forward from Nigeria who was playing at New Mexico Junior College the last two years. Gideon George. Uh, this guy is going to be a fan favorite when it's all said and done. He is a, he is an extraordinary athlete. Um, you know, he's a six, six, three. That's, uh, been the best rim protector everywhere he's gone. Uh, he is so talented vertically, whether it's direct line drive, finishing the rim, kind of hanging in the air, whether it's coming from behind the block shots or whether it's just uh, staring guys down and, and with rim protection, I think he's going to be an elite, elite, elite rim protector. Uh, he can shoot the ball. Like his trajectory with his stroke has is, is, is been on a, a real upswing. He's really, really diligent about being in the gym. He loves to be there. And, and, and that's all the stuff that, 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 that's less important about him. I mean, he's one of the finest human beings you're ever going to meet. Uh, he's humble and he's hungry. Uh, he's um, already done a ton to uh, kind of give back to his family and his community in Nigeria. And he's really, really passionate about this. Uh, BYU fans are going to love this Gideon George. We're so excited to get him. Coach, he reminds me a little bit of Malik Fitz from St. Mary's. Do you envision him more as a, a wing player, as the three, or will he play forward and, and, and move down in the post as well? I think he'd play both three and four. Um, I, think, I, think, um, I think he'll be able to move back and forth. I think he can guard one through five. Um, so, you know, he might be uh, in a situation where he's guarding a point guard or a two guard and, and playing the four on offense or playing the three on offense where we, we get a uh, mismatch on both sides. Um, I think that's going to probably feed in his skill set really, really well. The other signee that's uh, new as of the last couple of days, Dallin Hall, the Utah Gatorade player of the year, this Dallin Hall, right coach? Yeah. I mean, listen, 
Dallin Hall, first of all, this cat is like some kind of cross between Zach Efron and Brad Pitt. <laughs> this kid, like, I'm serious about this, man. This dude is going to be, I, I just can't even, I can't stand it. This is going to be so fun. Like, his charisma is just oozing from every pore. And uh, he's, he's just such a good human being. He comes from a great family. His mom was a big-time Division One college track athlete. His dad's a big-time basketball football player, so he's got unbelievable genes. And, and uh, he has got some swag to him. And, and uh, he's, he, he, you know, he's got this kind of beautiful baby face, but he's got an assassin's heart. He's going to be really good, guys. We, we got to watch him. We got to watch him go to work in the state tournament, and he got the attention of everybody in the state. And uh, I've been recruiting him for a long time, actually. Um, you know, the thing that I've said since the first time I watched him is his vision, the way he sees the floor off of a ball screen, um, uh, both studied and kind of an innate talent, is really special. He is a big time, big time playmaker for his teammates. Uh, he's gonna, he's gonna be, a, he's gonna be a great one. He could totally play Rusty in Ocean's Eleven, right? No, are you kidding? Like, I mean, it's on. If, if he if he doesn't take some type of starring role at BYU TV in his tenure here, it's just a waste, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. Mark Pope with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, the transfer portal is in unprecedented status because of the coronavirus pandemic. Last I saw, almost 700 players were in the transfer portal. I know you and your staff are hitting it hard. And while you can't get into details, do you anticipate that you have a guy or two coming down that portal? I hope so. It's um, we're 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 in the hunt now with some uh, some some really big time players, uh, and um, we'll just see. This is a it's just it's just such a different time. Normally, you know, you're on you're on plane, trains, and automobiles sprinting around the country. I guess I guess you know just for weekends now, but we would have been uh, for the last couple of weeks and. Uh, now, you know, guys aren't allowed to come on campus and, and we're not allowed to go visit them. And I actually don't like that at all. I think it's dangerous. I, I think you bond, you know, you understand each other so much when, better when you can be face to face, but it's what we all got. So my assistant coaches are getting in unbelievable shape because we're doing these, um, on campus, uh, video, you know, official, uh, electronic recruiting visits. And so what we do is we get everybody on zoom. And so, you know, Coach Burgess, for example, will start in the, you know, in the main central area of campus. And then he'll talk for a few minutes to kind of show around. And then he'll kick it to Coach Figer, who's in the weight room. And then he'll kick it to Coach Robinson, who's down in the Merritt Center locker room. And then in the time those two guys speak, Coach Burgess has to sprint all the way across campus down to the SAB. And so <laughs> as my staff, is, as they're clicking back on the phone, man, they're like in a full sweat lather, breathing heavy. It's so fantastic. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to break new ground recruiting and, uh, and uh, hopefully it'll be really effective. We got a great product to sell right now. That's awesome. Do you feel like you need a guy that can come in and play this next year? Do you need to get that kind of player? Um, well, certainly we'd like to bolster the roster. Uh, you know, we, we are, you know, the one thing about next year, you know, we have, we have, we have really one senior player on the roster. So, um, we would like to bring in some guys with some experience and certainly give us some more depth, uh, make our, you know, uh, 
there's nothing better than when you have a, a group of players that are really, really competing with each other to earn their time. It's a great dynamic on a team. And so hopefully we can, we can make some steps to creating that as we move forward here in the next month or so. Coach, with your impersonations of Dick Vitale and your pop culture references, you are a treasure to BYU Sports Nation. Great to catch up with you, man. Appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Stay safe. All righty. Mark Pope via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Love it. Hard not to love that guy. And uh, what a season. He should have been the West Coast Conference uh, Coach of the Year. Amen. Um, but uh, I guess the, the if you expect nothing and you get something, then you give it to Damon Stoudemire. They did a tremendous job, but he should have been the coach of the year. Not everybody, not all of these transfers will say no to Mark Pope. You can't. There are one or two that have to say yes. Right. And our stat of the day was regular season. Great of Mark to point out that it was indeed the playoffs. In the playoffs. When he played. Now, now, he said six games. I'm seeing differently on basketball reference. Coming up, former Cougar Kevin Nixon on his experience playing against Michael Jordan uh, in the 90s. And we debuted the best to wear at all-time BYU athletes and the jersey numbers they wore best. This is BYU Sports Nation. On the latest voiceover with Greg and Shep, that's a picture of Gregor Bell. The guys visit with the television voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bolichak, to discuss his time calling BYU games and how COVID-19 has affected him. Catch voiceover with Greg and Shep on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They were at the epicenter, the Jazz, of the COVID-19 situation, the NBA shutting down. So some interesting thoughts from Craig on that. And the Jazz are... uh... A big part of the last dance with the Chicago Bulls as well. They will be. <laughs> Bracing myself emotionally. I know. Oh, welcome back to Studio B. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation, and this is The Whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Sports. Cosmo brings home another BYU National Championship. As he won the voting over Western Kentucky's Big Red by 2.1% Friday to claim the 2020 Sirius XM Mascot Bracket National Championship. When the poll ended, SiriusXM tweeted it was looking into voter fraud that was found to be not the case. It should be noted both mascots weren't in the initial bracket. Men's basketball. BYU basketball signs six foot six forward Gideon George transfer from New Mexico Junior College out of Nigeria. George averaged 14 and a half points, eight rebounds, and a steal and a half per game at New Mexico JC. Shot over 50% from the field, 36% from the three-point line. We just talked to Mark Pope about George and what he's going to bring envisions him as a wing player three and four and a rim protector volleyball Gabby Garcia Fernandez is a finalist for at least two of off the blocks men's volleyball national awards is one of three finalists for the national server of the year give it to him and the Brian Ivey award for best opposite give it to him the winners will be announced this week women's basketball star guard Shaley Gonzalez back to basketball after a nine-month break in lieu of surgery to repair a torn ACL great to have her back she averaged 17 points a game put up double digits in 31 games her freshman season Oh, and she led the team in assists that season with 4.1 a game. Was the West Coast Conference Newcomer of the Year. She's got three years left. Great news for Jeff Judkins and BYU Women's Basketball. Athletics News. As of today, all Division I coaches are allowed to hold virtual contact with their teams along with other non-physical activities. Up to eight hours a week of non-physical activities like film review, chalk talks, and team meetings. BYU and their heralded, albeit recently maligned with controversy, Twitter mob. Beats Tennessee to advance to the Final Four in the Fox College Basketball Best Fans Bracket. They'll take on Indiana. The winner of the bracket earns a billboard in the city of their main rival. So, 
It would cost less to just pay for a billboard there than it would to have any kind of potential fraud, by the way. Like, if you wanted to just have a billboard, if that's the prize, just go buy a billboard up there. But they can't claim that they're the best fans in college basketball from a national entity, correct? True. You could just say that you are whatever. <laughs> you could say that, but it's different when somebody if, gives you the backing. Right, right. But if you want a billboard, just go buy one. It's not that <laughs> if the, if you If your goal of this whole thing is a billboard, just go get one. It's kind of like buying 10 meals at your favorite restaurant and then being like, hey, I got a free meal. Yeah. Right. It's like, just buy a meal. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. Uh, so good luck to BYU fans. Keep it rolling. Let's get that billboard in good Pac-12 luck. country. Good luck needed. Just click. At this point, Jerem, it's time we debut our new project on BYU Sports Nation. It is the best to wear it at BYU. We'll ask this question each day at lunch. We'll ask this question each day as we look at who was the best BYU athlete to wear the number in Provo. We start with zero, go through 99. Doesn't matter the sport. As long as the jersey had a number, you're a qualified. Sorry, gymnastics. Correct. And track and field. And track, yeah. Okay, today, uh, the number zero. One could argue that zero isn't a number, but it is, and you can wear it. Brandon Davies is our best to wear it, number zero, all time. Uh, forward at BYU 09 to 13, averaged 14 a game, uh, 6.2 rebounds, 52% from the field in his career. He's a guy that was top 15 in points and rebounds and uh, surprisingly steals, by the way. Uh, pretty awesome. He was a tremendous player at BYU. Obviously, um, has had a tremendous pro career. Some controversy at the end of his junior season, uh, sorry, sophomore season, where uh, uh, you know he stopped playing uh, with with BYU, and perhaps BYU makes it to the national championship game that year. We'll never know. But uh, Brandon Davies was a tremendous player. Could have transferred and uh, gone somewhere else. Stayed at BYU. I've always respected him for that fact. And uh, BYU had uh, a team that went all the way to the NCAA, or excuse me, the NIT championship game in New York City. He's created some real value for himself in Europe, playing for the elite clubs over there, played with the 76ers in the NBA. Brandon Davies, number zero, the best to wear it at BYU. If he plays with with that 2010-11 team, I really feel like they don't go to double OT and lose. BYU had to play a freshman Kyle Collinsworth, who did have 16 rebounds in that game. Uh, but certainly BYU wasn't the same team without Brandon. In fact, the next game they played after the news was announced, they got worked by New Mexico at home. We've had BYU's number, but Cougars end up going to the NCAA tournament, going to the Sweet 16. It was an amazing season, but could have been a little bit uh, yeah, more with Yeah, Brandon. hard not to wonder what yeah. if. What if? I will always wonder what if. Then they beat Florida, always. then they beat Butler, and then... BCU? Into the Final Four, maybe BCU's the National the Championship. How much would their seeding have been impacted for the better if Brandon Davies is still on that team? Because BYU maybe got a two. two. Maybe they're a two seed. But not a one, but maybe a two. Who knows? Coming up, what almost prevented the Cosmo National Championship controversy. And former BYU basketball standout Kevin Nixon and his A-list competitors, including one Michael Jeffrey Jordan. You don't want to miss this story. It's BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand. You can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Now, I don't want to hear that you don't have time, because you know what we all have a lot of right now? Time! Isn't it about time? Yes, it is time, and it is time that we welcome in 
Our second guest of the day on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Skype, Kevin Nixon, former BYU basketball standout, and a guy who over the weekend released a list of uh, unbelievable competitors that he has played against. Kevin, let's talk about this list of players. Uh, First and foremost, at the top, Michael Jordan. What's the story there? Because you're basically a decade his junior, and it didn't happen in the NBA. So how did this come all come together? So I started at uh, Northwestern University, signed with them out of high school. And um, so being in Chicago and in the late 80s, um, had an opportunity to, in the summers, um, doesn't say much about my uh, academic career. I had to go to summer school, but uh, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the summers, we had, uh, I spent a lot of time going to Cubs games uh, trying to pick up my grades, and uh, every now and again, we had an opportunity to go play uh, against some of the Bulls uh, down at their practice facility, and and uh, Michael Jordan was there a couple of times, and just, uh, you know, when I was in junior high, I had his posters, I had his, you know, he was my favorite player in college, and so to be able to go and play against him even in a, a pickup setting was just uh, was just kind of a dream come true. Did you ever get switched on to him defensively? That's <laughs> funny you say that. I, I don't really remember. Um, so I'm guessing it didn't happen because if it did, I would remember. So um, um, he was pretty much running circles around me and everybody else. So <laughs> I, when you say switch on, yeah, I might have been chasing him in transition or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Um, when yeah. it comes to your experience in Chicago, apparently you got to go to a lot of uh, Chicago Bulls games as well. I did. Yeah, I, uh, interesting story there. My uh, my freshman roommate at Northwestern was Brendan Brown, and uh, he was a, a walk on and a, a team manager, uh, kind of similar to the to the uh, Scotty Pippen story, except he didn't turn into a superstar. But uh, he's the son of Hubie Brown. Uh, CBS sports broadcaster at the time, NBA coaching legend. And at the time, obviously the bulls were a big, uh, a big ticket. And, and, you know, it was a, a, a pretty important game, uh, usually with Michael Jordan and, and, uh, and Scotty Pippen. So CBS did a ton of games and I was uh, kind of the, the beneficiary of being roommates with, uh, with Hubie's son, Brendan. And we spent a lot of time at Chicago stadium. And uh, so we got to see probably in, in those two seasons, saw probably 20 games, uh, give or take, and at least six playoff games. So um, it was a hoot. And of course, you know, Brown got those, they got, he got those tickets. So we were, uh, we were pretty close to, uh, to the floor and got to see Michael Jordan up close and personal. It was, uh, it was a fun little run. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all jealous now, Kevin. And uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times we've discussed on this show. It's, it's about having the right friends. And because you're our friend, we will contact you later to see what you can do for us. Is that cool? Hey, I got you. If Michael Jordan comes back and plays, I got tickets for you. <laughs> okay, back to your list, which is incredible, including the likes of Shaquille O'Neal, Grant Hill, Penny Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning, and the list goes on and on. Shaq jumps out to me because I know that BYU, you played against him in LSU in the NCAA tournament. What's your favorite story about Shaq? Wow. I, I don't know if it was favorite cause he just dominated us. Um, you know, we had just gotten done winning the WAC championship and on that Saturday night, 
um, in Fort Collins. We get back to, to Utah. We get together to find out who we're going to play. And then we find out our reward for winning the WAC championship tournament or the tournament championship was to play LSU and Shaquille O'Neal. So <laughs> we were all excited. We thought it was pretty cool. We didn't think it was real fair. We were trying to figure out how we were going to guard him. And, you know, he was just, he was just so dominant. And the interesting thing about it is he set the NCAA tournament record that game for block shots in an NCAA tournament game. And so, um, you know, if you go back, there's, there's a few, places you can go and see actually all 11 blocks consecutively (laughs) you'll see see that my i was not blocked until the 11th one Mm. so i waited until i could get into the record book with (laughs) as his 11th as his 11th block of the game setting the ncaa tournament record but uh, i razz all my teammates russ larson and gary trost and and uh jared miller i thank those guys for uh letting him block all their shots so I could get in the record book with him. I think Russ Larson's joked he contributed five shots to that or something, but yeah, that's awesome. Let, it was in that, in that range, but yeah, ridiculous amount. Yeah. Let's finish with this. Did, you played against Michigan, so you, you get Chris Weber and, and uh, Juwan Howard and Jalen Rose and all those guys, Jim Jackson, all those guys. Um, so was that the Fab Five team? Was that that year when they were all freshmen, or was it – when was yeah, that? So it was, Yep, it was the Fab Five team. We we played uh, them in Florida, played at uh, Orlando's Arena, and uh, matched up with them in the first round of the Red Lobster Classic, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was they, there was a ton of hype around them, and uh, I tell everybody it was it was the battle of the uh, long shorts versus the short shorts. <laughs> they brought the they brought the new long style of shorts in, and we were still stuck in the. Uh, I was going to say the 90s, but everybody was still in the 90s. So um, it was a good game. We lost by three. Uh, I tell everybody I held Chris Weber to 30, and uh, just like I held Shaq to 36. So, <laughs> Kevin, it's great to talk to you. Hey, and the short shorts are coming back, my friend. So uh, all trends will come back around. Yep, short shorts and mustaches, thanks to Zach Sully. <laughs> <laughs> great talking with you, man. Take care and stay safe. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. You got Kevin Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Skype. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. Other names we didn't mention, Danny Manning, uh, Steve Smith, Kendall Gill, Bobby Hurley. This wasn't him just tweeting, hey, I played against these guys. He was responding to a tweet that someone threw out, like, hey, who are the best players you've ever played in pickup? And it was, or in a game. Just, just played. And I was against. like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, that's. So he hits a buzzer beater against Oklahoma for BYU to earn the right to play Duke at the Maui Invitational. So that's how they get Christian Leitner and Bobby, Bobby Hurley. Hurley. And Grant Hill, probably, right? Yes, correct. Wow, that's amazing. Not bad for a guy that didn't play in the NBA. Not bad. Coming up, today's Rise and Shoutouts. Plus. <laughs> The latest on the Twitter poll madness. BYU's got Indiana, folks, so rally the troops. And we'll play Dope or Nope. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. National champion right there in Cosmo. So, so proud. So proud. He deserves it. Absolutely he deserves it. Uh, it's time to play Dope or Nope, Jerem. And we're dealing with some voter fraud investigation. Jerem, Dope or Nope, the investigation into Cosmo winning the Sirius XM Best Mascot Bracket because of voter fraud? Nope, it's a Twitter poll. 
Isn't it implied that it's gonna get weird? It's Twitter. Nope. <sighs> yeah, this is this is no deal. Hey, they did they did their investigation. They didn't find anything. Their investigation. It's over, baby. Really? It's is over. Like a team on it. Nope. Look it's o- it's th- over. Cosmos hey, are great. Western Kentucky was awesome about this whole thing, by the way. I want a football and men's basketball game with Western Kentucky. Yes. How about that? Yes. The athletic the directors are talking. Chatting. Yeah. It's so great. And yeah. uh, who doesn't love the big red furry blob? <laughs> what? Uh, last one. Don't burn up. Being a chubby kid as a key to success. This based off a Jonathan Tavernari tweet about he and Jimmer Fredette being uh, chubby when they were younger, and uh, they were later successful, albeit in different ways. I'm going to say dope because I think it's hilarious that both of them were chubby kids and both ended up being two of the greatest <laughs> shooters in BYU basketball history. There they are. Incredible. Look at Jimmer. Who cares if you're chubby? (laughs) Who cares if you're chubby when you're old? It doesn't matter. I think this is dope because it provided uh, some levity and some hilarity over the weekend. Absolutely. Well played, Jonathan Tabernari. Yes, you can be successful in any walk of life with any body type. It's all good. JT and uh, me were challenged by Kyle Collinsworth today to compete in his daily challenge, which includes like 100 tricep dips. A bunch and of push-ups. 30 push-ups. Up. Yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure I'm going to get in on that. JT already said, I'm out. <laughs> JT did already? Yeah. That's funny. That's really Our funny. elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. What is the BYU duo that is inseparable? Can't mention one without the other. And why? At Twiggy or Stone says... The first that comes to mind for me is Beck to Harleen. The other one is chocolate milk and the BYU creamer. Nice. I like that. Uh, my rise and shout out goes to Jason Hare, who is the director of The Last Dance. Uh, we saw the first two episodes of 10. Can't wait for the remaining eight. It was awesome. And my rise and shout out goes to Jamal Willis, former BYU running back, who's running the Cutback Elite Camps, working with BYU guys. He's sending out all these classic clips lately. Love it. It has been so Love fun it. to watch these. The latest was on Leon White. Yeah, and I'm learning a ton from those watching. Them. Yeah, great. really cool stuff. Our thanks to today's guests, Mark Pope and Kevin Nixon. Sorry to Dennis Pitt on no time. Conversation continues on the internet for jerem i am spencer shout out to leon white we'll see you tomorrow on byu sports nation and if you don't watch it live make sure you tivo it (laughs) thanks mark pope